you have to like when there's a guy coming right in your face and he just sits in there and delivers it really well. Hi, this is Zach Booth with Out of the Closet Sports, your weekly sports podcast where we talk about all things sports from the gay perspective. Or do we? Because this week we have a guest from the evil empire, the land of the straits, uh, on a, a stormtrooper. How would I, how would behind, I stretch? Behind enemy stretch? lines. Yeah, behind enemy lines. Uh, we've welcomed him in, but I've let him know that he's only allowed to speak when spoken to. If he speaks out of place, there will be consequences. Um, Reed Campbell is here. Thank you so much, Reed. Oh, thanks so much for having me. This is so cool. It's so exciting. Uh, I, I love you so much. And this is a special episode because it's also the first episode that we're doing remote. And anyone that's been on the podcast can tell you that I'm a little bit of, a, of an anxious person when it comes to making sure that everything is done right. So this was a new adventure and you held my hand through it and I really appreciate it. It's always good to go on new adventures with good friends. The first pe- episode that I did uh, that Papa wasn't able to come for, who was the original co-host of the podcast, that episode, I didn't know what to do. And so I called Melissa and our friend Melissa Rose Hirsch, who came in and talked about Taylor Swift. And so this, to me, feels like a very similar thing. Like I had to get somebody close to my heart that could help me do something <laughs> that I was a little scared of. We're learning together. It's a new world. We got we to gotta be up on the times on how to do all this stuff. We certainly do. And so Reed Campbell can be found on the Insta at I am Reed Campbell. It, it is a good follow, I have to say. Um, <laughs> it, it, it definitely comes in and out. Like there are some days where you narrate your life and I could just watch those stories for hours. Uh, but then you don't do it for a while and I get a little bummed. But That's really sweet, actually. That makes me feel good. I think that um, I enjoy a lot of times the kind of that like front facing camera storytelling thing but then i get yeah. annoyed with myself by doing it i'm like yeah. does anyone really care so no i care um, <laughs> i actually quoted you because you said on your way to the michigan game i guess it was the I guess it was the ohio state game you yeah. were on your way there and you said that this is the this is the best michigan team that you'd ever seen and i know we're going to talk about michigan a little bit later but i <laughs> directly said in my solo episode where i was talking about the victory that this is the best Michigan team I'd ever seen. And I felt empowered to say that because you had said it in direct address on your stories. Well, I'm, I'm glad to empower you. It, it was something that I feel strongly about. Thank you. So uh, who are you? Oh, man. Uh, an existential <laughs> question. Um, uh, yeah, my name is Reed. Yeah, uh, I, I'm, yeah I'm from San Francisco. Um, I've lived in New York for about 10 years. Uh, 10-year anniversary just passed. And... I'm an actor and a, and a, a singer and a, a, you know, I like to be funny and, and talk and, and be a goofball online and, and do all those things and um, have always kind of found myself oscillating between the two worlds of arts and sports. It's like my entire existence has kind of been navigating, going back and forth and being the other in both <laughs> uh, sure. at all times. Um, sure. So I think part, part of what we, what we um, identify in each other is that sort of like that that feeling and i and i'm very happy to be here because it it's it's you know sports is a is a weird topic for people in the arts i think a lot of people judge it in a in an, in a way that um is a, it's a it's a weird it's a weird thing you must feel this god you must feel this even heavier it, you feel diminished because it it seems silly to people um yeah. but i think but i think uh as an artist i try to tell my fellow arts people who are like i just don't get it i'm like there's a community base 
there's a, a support and a love that we have in our artistic community that reminds me a lot of of sports. It's just a different venue. The performance is different than what what they're used to, but it, it to me they're they're two sides of the same coin. Um, so yeah, totally. that's been that's been kind of my. A lot of my life, um, I'm a very passionate person, whether it's, you know, in my in my work or in my play. And so I think uh, both the arts and the sports are, th- are things that have just always kind of fit fit me. <laughs> yeah, totally. And that is that is well tread ground here on Out of the Closet Sports. We've been trying to examine with some of our guests some of the difficulties that queer people have identifying into the sports community, some of the way that the sports community pushes queer people out. And yes. in particular, we were talking with, Kimber Sprawl, I was reflecting on the fact that there there is so much in common between sports and and theater, like you said, and it seems so strange, you know, that that those worlds get pushed so far apart. I, I it's it's cool for me to hear you say that because you you do identify as a straight person. I don't want to put that label on you, but no, I do. I, yeah, <laughs> I sorry, uh, you know, I, I didn't mean to insult you, but um, <laughs> you do identify as a straight person, and and, and it is yeah. It is cool to, I don't want to say cool, like I don't want to be, oh, that's great that you don't feel welcome, but <laughs> it is like, it is an interesting thing that we have in common. I think often when you are in a group that is like marginalized or being left out, you kind of look at everybody else and you sort of compare your insides to their outsides and you say, I feel this way, but they look that way, you know, and, and it's it's cool for me to hear that you you feel uh, in a way that your artistic personality clashes with your sports personality. Did you intention, like, did you know going to school at the University of Michigan that you were going to not only one of the best theater schools, but also one of the best college sports schools? Was that something that was in your consciousness? I did. It was actually at the forefront. Um, Really? I didn't know. I had no idea about what was going on at Michigan. Oh, really? You didn't, you had no, you didn't really understand that. Oh, no, it was, it was actually a very conscious decision uh, for me because I had been, um, uh, treading both worlds so heavily for so long um, yeah. that I actually just purposefully decided to not apply to conservatories that didn't have sports. Oh wow! There were there was a moment where you know in high school uh, my drama teachers or my mentors or whatever were like you know uh, when we talk about the colleges wanted to include all of the Juilliards and the Carnegie Mellons and the you know all those as places to audition and as, though I would have loved the the training there I knew myself as a kid that yeah. if I didn't have an outlet for the other side of me through the school I was going to feel lonely in 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 only going one way or the other um so it really I narrowed it down I was like well in the Venn diagram of colleges <laughs> that have sports and good programs what colleges do I apply to so all the big ones I applied to were kind of big in both you know the USC's and the Michigan's and the Syracuse's and the Rutgers and um, UCLA and uh, you know that that sort of thing I had not been a Michigan fan because I'm from California so it was not like I was like seeking out specifically the University of Michigan in fact for a long time I wanted to go to USC um, just because California sports was more present in my mind but no it was very it was very it was very conscious it was very conscious and it's also I'm I'm glad I did because when I got there like you know no offense to uh, the size of our classes at school but like being in the room with 15 people for four years uh, is is a very small group of people and if you're if you're not um if you're if expect if you're expected to have that sort of be the base of your um, social life outside of school, whether it's sports or not, it's just I'm not that type of person. I I, I really like being 
around different types of people and doing a lot of different type of types of things. And so the ability to kind of like, you know, I used to say like, I wanted, I wanted to, uh, if, if I didn't have it at, in the theater program, which I did actually that like, there were plenty of people in, in the school at the art school that I, I really admired that they like really threw themselves into the sports. It wasn't, it wasn't like this sort of like anti thing. Obviously there were people who were like, I don't really care, but I think there were a lot of, it seemed to me people who maybe grew up in areas that like told them they couldn't be fans of sports if they're not good at sports or if they're mm. not straight or if they don't um, understand it. And I think Michigan actually, because it was such a huge sports thing, I saw a lot of like arts people like embrace like how cool it was to go to a school that not only was giving them such a great education in their chosen field, but also had this amazing like global community of support yeah. with the sports. And I really loved that because it seemed yeah. to me that they didn't maybe have that where they grew up and they weren't given the freedom to like be a Michigan fan and like learn about football and basketball. And, and, and I, I mean, man, I, if I had a nickel for every time I like explained to someone in our department, like a detail of a sports <laughs> yeah. game, like yeah. I'd be rich, but I, but I also yeah. think like the openness to, to, ask that like i i know i've talked to so many people who didn't grow up huge sports fans whether that was pushed on them or not and a lot of times they don't feel free at least they've said to me they don't feel free to ask questions because whether it's their family or their community has beaten into them like unless you play it or know it immediately they're not able to ask questions and so i love talking about sports with people who are like interested because it means i can convert them into understanding you know more about this thing that i love sure. so yeah, yeah. I, I love how we get called on to be the interpreters i did a yeah. i did a a a super bowl show at joe's pub one year oh wow that you did? the whole point was like we don't, our community doesn't care about the super bowl so right. we're just going to be ourselves and have like an entertaining show around the super bowl and there were some really fascinating people there. Michael Musto from the, you know, the Village Voice and many, many other things. But it, it was uh, it was an interesting collection of people and none of them were interested in football. And the event sort of immediately fell apart because we had a game playing behind us that nobody was really invested in. But there was uh -huh. an audience who wanted to be entertained. And I uh -huh. was able to rise to the occasion because I actually had something to say about the game, but also identified into their community. So, yeah, uh, yeah I love how we're able to be the, the interpreters. You talked about growing up and then coming to Michigan, and, but you grew up in the in the Bay Area, right? <laughs> yeah, in and San Francisco proper, yeah. And and so the Bay Area is like, I mean, San Francisco is is the gay city. I mean, New York is a pretty gay city, but San Francisco, I feel like, is the gay city. And I'm just curious, like as a, a young person growing up straight, like playing sports, did you have any gay people like on your team? Like, were there were there out kids in your in your community that were playing sports? Not to come to mind. Yeah, honestly, not to come to mind. I think I think what I you know a lot of this is upon reflection, right? Like you can yeah. you can only kind of contextualize a lot of things that happen as your childhood as you get older. And I think something that I've learned leaving San Francisco is that because San Francisco is such a blend of um different cultures uh, whether that be the arts sports gay straight whatever uh, i think that it, it's again it, it feels like they have the freedom to be a part of it and all you need is the permission like i think yeah. in so many places in the country if you're in a minority like like the straight world tells gay people they are you won't feel the permission to enjoy it but i can distinctly remember going to do the san francisco opera because i was in the san francisco boys chorus as a kid and wow. i would literally go from baseball games to rehearsal or to shows yeah um and i remember specifically like coming 
and you know, I was like talking, I wasn't like hiding anything. So I was like, I just came from a baseball game. And like, I remember the <laughs> older gay chorus members in uh, the opera. I remember distinctly feeling like they cared about the sports. They were like, I love yeah. the Giants. I love the Raiders. Um, you know, I love the Niners. I love the whole thing. And there was a communal sort of like support of it. So I don't think they felt like it was, it was odd for them to like it. And not looking back on it, I think that's only because the city told them, this is your city and you're allowed to support it. I remember <laughs> the lead in the Magic Flute when I did the Magic Flute at the San Francisco Opera. It was, uh, I'm a Niners fan, so I'm, I'm using this story just for the story. Um, this is, I just have to point out that like you could not have said a more out of the closet sports sentence. I know you're a straight person, but what you literally I... were just like, I'm the lead in the Magic Flute and I'm a Niners fan. <laughs> you know, so I just like, that like intersection is why you're here and carry on. Yeah. Yeah, no. Well, it's it's been my whole life, and um, I was I was a, I was in the Magic Flute, and the lead, uh, who's you know this professional opera singer. It was during the NFL playoffs, and the Raiders, who were who are notoriously bad all the time, uh, were in the playoffs for the first time, and I don't think the Niners were. So I think like the Bay Area in general was like following the Raiders season, and they I think they won a last minute game, and in the middle of this German opera, Papageno comes out and says Raiders win twenty seven twenty four. Wait, no, and like goes on stage in, in yes, the opera? Yes, and then goes into the aria, and the whole crowd erupted. And it was like, if that's not a perfect example of like a community supporting both the sports and the arts of it, like I just thought it was so funny. And I tell that story all the time because it's it's me. It's like I want permission. Yeah. I yeah. wanted permission to do that. That's terrific. I love that. I love that anecdote so much. I yeah. can't even believe that that ever happened. And I actually feel like I might have been like a little, like I might have, recoiled if that happened and I <laughs> if you were in the right audience like, what what is going on this shouldn't be but you know whatever we all have to encounter our biases at some point um all right great well i feel like we've let the audience know a little bit of who you are and i, I am so happy that you're here we've got some fun stuff to talk about thank you for being here we will be right back and we're back so reed something that you and i have in common well i don't know what years did you go to high school uh, 2000, I graduated high school in 2008. So 2004 to 2008. Okay. So I guess I was a little bit ahead of you, but what I was in high school from 96 to 2000 and the Yankees won three world series. So I yeah, guess they won pink. one of them or four. They won four world series between 96 because they won 96 and then 98, 99, 2000. So they won three while I was in high school and one while I was in college the Amazing. first year. Um, and you went through a stretch where the Giants won, what, 2010, it was right 2012, it was 2014? College. It was college. I was in college, yeah. which was honestly cool. Like, I would love to, love to have been in San Francisco, but, like, it was half college and uh, a couple of years out, out, yeah. out, outside of college. So I was an adult, which was fun. I remember screaming in my dorm room in Alice Lloyd uh, when they won the World Series in 2000. We, I was me so and Jesse happy. Perry, yeah. who was yeah. also an acting major, San Francisco Giants, we were rehearsing a rude mechanicals show in the 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 like by the arena, uh-huh. by the basketball arena. You know, all the way over yeah. there. It was like the dead of winter, and uh, the director was a big Red Wings fan. And so, in the middle of rehearsal, we just declared to her, talk about privilege. We just declared to her we wouldn't be attending the rest of the rehearsal, and we would mm-hmm. be watching the last four innings of the World Series. And she was like. I totally get it. I'm a big Red Wings fan. And when we won, we ran through uh, the snow and called our dads. And it was like, you know, that's very sweet. Like and I love that. Ever. I love yeah. that she was open to it. On the last episode of the podcast, yeah. I talked about a similar situation where I had to confront a student director of a basement show about my last home game 
the Ohio State game my senior year. Oh, wow. And she was like, no, you have rehearsal. And I was like, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah. so we're, we're big baseball fans. We got to go through these huge um, experiences in our youth where our teams were like winning, which is just peak privilege. But uh, a lot's happened in baseball this week, and so I thought that was something that we that we should talk about first. I guess we, we should just go in in order of appearance, in order of operations, in the way that it all went down. But uh, what are you thinking about this Juan Soto to the Yankees? I think it's a good move for you guys. I definitely I mean, I, think it's a good move for us. I mean, he is an incredible hitter. He's a lefty. What are you, what are you paying him? Well, he's already under contract, so I don't actually know the details. It's the last year of his contract with the Padres, which is like right. one of the downsides is that we literally are renting him for the year. Uh, but well, it also gives you leverage depending on how he plays. Yeah, you know what I mean. I think the the weird thing about the Padres, and as a Giants fan, you know the Padres are in our division, so we play them all the time. Yeah, the weird thing about the Padres is that. They have been paying so much money for these big stars and have never put it together. No. And it's like... Did they have one playoff run? They had one playoff run. I think they had one or two playoff run, but like for the money they're spending... No. They're similarly to the Dodgers. Without winning a ring, it's it's an unsuccessful season in my opinion. Once you're you're competing at that level, like... Yeah. You know, they also, in reaction to the Giants World Series runs... Yeah is what we saw with both the Dodgers and the Padres sure. by spending as sure. much money yeah. as humanly possible. So I'm interested to see Juan Soto off of the Padres team because I, I think there was something going on in San Diego Wasn't working that for they him. could not put it together. And yeah. I don't think it's necessarily on the players. Yeah. Uh, I think there was, uh, you know, there's been some up and downs and both him and, and Machado and um, that crew have, have been hurt and kind of gone in and out. So I'm interested to see, you guys are in, a, in, in an interesting place. I think you're in a rebuild, but you're like, you're on you're taking the next step you're going from like good to trying to be back to the to the contenders that you deserve to well be. it's like you can't really call it a rebuild when our our payroll is as astronomical as it is but you know the the dodgers the giants the padres they all took that road because that is the road that the yankees took i mean the yankees forever were the only team really that was like world series or bust i mean we were yes. the, and and now that that has sort of infected the rest of the league and i, I think for for competition's sake, it is better to have more teams. If one team is going to be playing with all the marbles, I think it's better that there are at least like four or five teams that have giant handfuls of marbles. I still think it's a little wow, unfair. Wow, Yankees fans saying that is really uh, that's unique. Look, I do like I do like competition. <laughs> yeah, I do like competition, and I, I I also have to acknowledge that the the years when the Yankees were great those years that i'm talking about their payroll was higher than the rest of baseball but it wasn't the, it wasn't the amount of difference that we see now between the big and the small market teams now like with everything i mean yep. look juan soto is what a three-time all-star right he's a world series champion right he was an nl batting champion the guy can hit he's a lefty which the yankees had like maybe occasionally a lefty yeah. in the lineup last yeah. season i mean yeah. it was it was shocking. You know, yeah. they, they really did not have uh, much impact from that side of the plate. You know, he's going to be out in that outfield now with Judge, who I just think is an incredible player. I, I, I keep thinking that because he's a Yankee and because of the history of what we've been through the last 10 years, that the bottom's just going to fall out. But he just continues to produce, and he continues to act like a captain, which is something that means a lot to us. Yeah, And I think, you know, with Verdugo there, right, they're going to have these three three 
really good outfielders. Two of them are big lefty bats. It does seem like it could have a huge impact for us. Yep. But I am just so pessimistic about the whole thing. I'm yeah, like, if it doesn't click this year, yeah. is is this guy really going to stay? Uh, well, I guess that's... I think I think it goes both ways, right? Like yeah. he's going to play for a contract too. He's going to yeah. want to he's going to want to play at a level that he can demand from either New York or another team top top money. So yeah. I think it's in both parties' interest for him to be at peak uh, uh, playing shape because that's listen. I think you go back in every sport in contract years for for stars, it's the make or break. They are yeah. they are trying to prove their worth uh, because Juan Soto goes to a contender in new york yeah flops yeah new york's not going to offer him the money and wherever he goes he's going to have to be the highest paid on a smaller team and then he's going to be in less contention so it's not going to be good for anyone if he doesn't play well no so certainly not we'll see i'm i'm more it's interesting to hear you talk about the yankees that way because i feel that way about my teams as well but i hope that i'm sure you know this but i know that the idea that we're even talking about teams either winning championships or busts in multiple sports for the cities that we're fans of, that is so not the experience of so many people in this no, country. No, it's not. They, they have teams that have not been to the playoffs in years. I mean, yeah. like, I, I, we can't help that we're fans of these teams. You know, I've been a, a Bay Area sports fan since I was a kid, and I had to struggle through uh, a majority of years where the Giants and the Niners and the Warriors and everyone was bad. And then, yeah, they all got good. But now we've reached the mountaintop. So we know that unless we're there, we're, what are we what are we trying for? Yeah. Whereas if you're, you know, a Browns fan, it's like <laughs> you win 10 games a year. Or if you're like a, you know, a, a, a Twins fan, you know, sure. it's like they, they're just hoping to, to to scratch and claw their way into the playoffs. So they're, they're I feel still lucky talking about that the that's... 90s. Yeah, exactly. I just feel lucky that we're in that position. We um, are, but it also it makes the fans fickle. We are, we are, yeah. we're going to hold them to. My God, you should be hearing. I mean, I'm sure you'll ask me, but you should hear the Giants fans about uh, our owners and our GM right now. I mean, it's of like, course. it's well, like, we're, we're it's the like same a, way. I mean, nobody yeah. will ever be the boss. No one will ever be Steinbrenner, right. and by right. that, no one will be such a brazen criminal. But also, I mean, he was great at what he did, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah, like yeah, it, yeah. he was really great at what he did. And, you know, we're not going to get another another Joe Torre anytime soon. And, and I I had a lot of questions about the way that Girardi managed the team. I do have a lot of questions now about the way that Boone manages the team. I have a lot of questions about Cashman. But I will say, like, this was the piece I think that they had to go out and get and or at least one of the pieces. The next piece is going to be a contentious piece for the two of us because this pitcher, I can't even, I have to read his name off the paper here. Yashinobu Yamamoto. Uh-huh. I mean, the Giants want him, right? Yeah, well, listen, until until they prove they can get big free agents, I'm not holding my breath, man. Yeah, this is like right. three or four years in a row here where the talk out of the Giants camp is we're going to throw a, as much money at him as possible. And, and I don't know what changed, man. I don't know what happened because in the in the years that we were in our run, we were actually the opposite. We weren't paying huge free agents. No. We were the freaks. We were the freaks and geeks. We were the like the cobbled together, the young guys and the kind of every man, the journeyman players. And I, yeah. and I loved that, but I don't know where it switched into San Francisco, not being a desirable option for um, players. The only thing I think I can think of is California taxes and how expensive San Francisco is. Even well, though these guys are making hundreds of millions of dollars. If they're going to and, LA and they're going to San Diego, then you got to think, I mean, you all had those insane pitchers. I mean, that was a huge part of that run, right? Was yeah. pitching. 
Yeah. Uh, and then, but I also do remember, I feel like the off years in between, they were pretty off, weren't they? Like, or were they close? Yeah. No, it was, I mean, uh, it was a rubber band. We were, yeah. we were close. It wasn't yeah. fully off, but it was a rubber right. band. I think what happened post 20, you know, our third one was in 2014, I think. So yeah. it was like post 20, I think like 2015, 2016, we had a couple of teams that, that went deep. Something switched into, um, couldn't put it together. It was like that we were we were straddling the line all the time and would end up on the team that was winning. And then something happened where every year we would end up on the team that just three right. quarter, three quarters of the way would just start to to fade. Well, um, I I want yeah. good things for you. I really do. But I really <laughs> also want Yamamoto for myself. I mean, I know he, you. Do. I feel like I have to say this. He has to be a Yankee. Like he ha- <laughs> like he has to and be that, a Yankee. And that's the most Yankee fan statement you can make. I, I mean, what are we going to do with Garrett Cole? He can only pitch every so many days. Like, what are we going to do? Yeah, you know, correct. I mean, Radon, like he might be the pitcher that he used yeah. to be. He might. Cortez. I well, if it makes you feel any better, I don't think he's coming to San Francisco. Yeah. I don't think he's coming to San Francisco. Where is he going to go? He's got to come to the I, I think He's got to come I think to the you guys. I think you guys have a good shot. I think you guys okay. have a good shot. I don't want to surprise like, if he came to San Francisco. I don't want to keep poking a bruise here because I know that. You know, this has got to be fresh. No, but... it's it's totally fine. I'm I'm actually like because the Giants had their run, and I'm just like so aware of the mismanagement of it. I've actually like kind of cut myself off from the caring of it a lot the last couple of years, especially with the Giants, because uh-huh. thankfully my other teams have been playing so well that like when I watch the Giants and they suck, I turn it off pretty quick. I'm like, I just can't. I cannot. Yeah. I, I cannot just dive into this. Like, let's get the guy who's in the fifth year of a five-year contract from the Mariners and hopefully he can hit more than 230. It's just like, it's not like, it's not something I'm I'm a fan of. The, the owner of the Giants is not someone I am proud to represent my team. Okay. Um, he's a uh, uh, a heavy, heavy uh, donor to uh, parties and people that are I am not a fan of, and I don't think he is using his literal number one in MLB wealth to pay the players th- who we need to get. So I don't yeah. think he's managing it correctly. I think our GM is kind of like a a, a, a Billy Bean vibe, where he's like, I can use an, an you know analytics to skirt around uh, paying millions of dollars and then when they have gone after the big ones aka Aaron Judge and and you know Shohei and everything they just don't they don't pull it through Aaron Judge is from San Francisco his parents still live in the Dude, Bay there Area there was no way the, 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 I think he was so close he was so close to coming home to San Francisco wow. and the fact I... that they couldn't land the guy who is from the Bay Area who loves whose family's there that to me I was like if we can't get that guy why are we going to Japan and why would he come to San Francisco you know well, what I, mean? I didn't realize you were so actively against me I hope this t-shirt doesn't offend you I'm not man. actively against you I'm proud of you guys I'm good good for you I'm just saying it was it was really the latest yeah. and most clear-cut example of how Giants leadership can't land what in my opinion was going to be the closest home run we could get, sure. and then the whole Carl. I mean, last year was crazy between Aaron yeah. Judge and then the Carlos Correa thing, where we yeah. we landed him, and then yeah. the physical happened. That was I'm so weird, so weird, dude. So it's like there is something going on in the water in right. San Francisco with signing those agents. Well, you you, I said I didn't want to poke the bruise, and then you immediately sort of thought <laughs> that I had already poked the bruise, and I actually didn't realize I'd already poked the bruise. I was talking about a future bruise that I was now about, or a future poke of a current uh-huh. bruise, because yeah. I really wanted to transition into this Otani. Yeah, situation. I I am sorry. I am sorry because you know, I just the worst think the, part about it is he went to L.A. 
But, like, don't you take some comfort in the fact that they have to pay him $700 million? Yes. I take so much comfort in that. I, I, yes. That number is unfathomable to me. Unfathomable. When did Trout sign? It was not, not that Two long ago. ago. 426, something like that. I wrote it all down. Over 12 was years. Was it 10? It was 12. 12 years, yeah. And, and Betts, who's also in L.A., yeah. 356 over 12 years. Last year, Aaron Judge, 360 over nine years. And wow. all of a sudden, you're going to give $700 million to somebody for 10 years. Somebody who is an incredible specimen, right? His, his ability to play baseball is unrivaled, I think, in, yeah. in my lifetime. I think he excels in, in everything that he does. I mean, obviously, he's an incredible hitter. Is he a, his two MVPs? Or just one. Is he has it, one MVP and a rookie of the year. I think he might have two. He can pitch so... But the guy's had now two Tommy John surgeries. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you look at some of these contracts, in particular the contracts the Yankees have given out or have traded for, Giancarlo Stanton, right? These are guys like... Stanton was a hitter of the Otani variety. I mean, sure, he couldn't pitch and win you games in that way. But um, do I? Am I really supposed to believe that after two Tommy John surgeries, that Shohei Otani's pitching career is going to last that long? Am I really supposed to believe that? Yeah, I also think that more so than what he's worth, it's just where the market is. Like, sure. you know what I mean? Like, I think. But that, how like, does the market get there? In well, in the Dodgers two have years. unlimited money, man. They have. They have. That's what they do. Here's what I do take comfort in. Except for the one year that they won the World Series, which was what the pandemic year, so it's a fake ring anyway. Yeah, it's a fake ring. Um, other than that, they have they won another one. Oh, I don't know. I think they I might know. have. They they for years get there and flop. Yeah. So yeah, even with do. the big even with the big money, I remember before they won, but you know it was like a jo- it was a running joke in San Francisco. It wouldn't matter. They would get to the playoffs and they would lose. And they've yeah. won a couple, but I don't think. And I think it's a consensus that the amount of money they have spent on that roster to have as little success ring-wise yeah. as they do makes me comforted. I think they're going to be solid. Sure. I think they're going to be an incredible team. But I don't think baseball, more than any other sport, money does not equal success. Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. It's, there are too many factors. There are yeah. too many factors in the... In, the, in, in a sport like basketball where you have a, you know, a, a smaller team, a one, one or two players can kind of dominate a, a game consistently, that's just not the way baseball works. So yeah. I, I'm with you. I think it's a lot of money, but it's where the, it's where the market was going, and L.A. is Hollywood, baby. Yeah, it is. It just worries me. I, I want to get like a, a good economist on here to talk about it. It really does worry me, like the state of baseball and how it, it's just not sustainable. They're, no. they're making it f- much more and more increasingly less sustainable, especially yeah. for the small market teams. Right, yeah, I was just going to say, right. it's all for them, I know, and this is why I said I want to talk to an economist, because I don't understand all this stuff, but it's all about evalu- evaluation, not evaluation. It's all about the valuation of the team, mm-hmm. right? That's how all of this, that's how everything is done these days. Earnings are not actual earnings. They're potential earnings. Your power is not what you have. Your power is what you stand to have based on what you could do. Right. right. Losses are not losses. They're potential losses. Like it's all a scam. And yeah. uh, I know I'm like, you know, anyone that's even like moderately middle of the road is just clicking off right now. But <laughs> I'm like, I, I do think that w- w- they're just inflating their value. They're inflating 
the net worth of the team by saying that they have this player that is worth $700 million. The agents are in on it. They're all in on it. It doesn't make any sense. A a $500 million contract would have been fine. Yeah, well, well, but that's the market. He would have had four other teams outbidding him. I guess he would have. Absolutely shocking. Well, I'm sorry. I think we bid 550. Did you? Wow. He said said, no thanks. And I said, no, I'm good. Yeah, well, um, I look forward okay. to hearing what happens with, with Yamamoto. And yeah. uh, I, I sincerely hope that the, the Giants finish above the Dodgers we, in we the division this year. Okay, well, <laughs> listen. <laughs> I mean, look, the, the AL East, who, no matter who we get, I'm still yeah. not confident that, that we're going to be able to. No, it's a, to it's beat a solid. It's a solid. The Rays division. and the Blue Jays and yeah. you know, that other team from New England. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, that's that's what we have for baseball. It was fun to to throw the ball back and forth with you. Yeah. And uh, we'll be right back. And we're back. Um, I just wanted to say to you, Reed, hail, hail, hail to the to the victors' valiant. You know, you know. What hail I mean? to the conquering heroes, baby. Yes, I was actually just thinking about them. Right, yeah, hail the victory, yeah. hail the conquering heroes, hail, hail, hail to to, to Michigan, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and these two, I always get them in the wrong order, but it's, it's yeah. first, it's the leaders, right? The leaders, and the, best. the leaders and best. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, hopefully, after hopefully, after this year, will be the true champions, champions of, of the West, of the West, and, and of America. Yeah. Well, it just <laughs> like there's nothing that says. The American education system is so bad than the geographical inconsistency of where <laughs> the Midwest is and that we are somehow Michigan, which is fully in the East, uh, right. is somehow a champion of the West. Like yeah, I just picture them like riding the Wolverines out into the the West, into the Rockies and like yeah. lassoing the Buffaloes. And they're like, mm-hmm. here we are. Yeah, branding I guess they them did... with a block M. Do you ever do, have you heard about this um this reality TV show called Alone? They, yeah, they, on yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, I watch it. Yeah, I watched a lot of it. But they have Wolverines on it. They have real Wolverines the, on yeah, it. Yeah, and the Wolverines come and steal their food and they're like yeah. these vicious predators. It's and, such an interesting animal. It's so strange. Such a weird I mean, animal. Look, it could be worse. It could be a nut. Um yes. so what what do we think? I I am I feel like in this, and and I don't want to, you know, offend anyone, but I feel like a little bit like an abused sports fan in that I I'm conditioned, like I somebody has drawn an invisible box around me, and I will never leave that box, and that box is that Alabama will always be better than us. Oh, did I disappoint well, you? No, you're 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 speaking. It's terrifying. An unfortunate truth about yeah. how I feel too, and especially when we pull them. So yeah, I mean, for <laughs> Wait, the viewers, sorry. did you see the video <laughs> that of the like training room or whatever it was when they did the announcement? Oh yeah, they're like fuck. <laughs> I was like, you guys, <laughs> like what? Well, well, I also think to be clear, I don't know how closely you followed that specific situation. But I actually think, and this is giving. Oh, see, that was straight aggression. That was. I don't know if maybe you were following it because you're gay. Okay, Reed, we see you. Did Carry you on. not just tell me on the commercial break that I, I can know. school I you? I don't know. 
I don't know on what happened on the, the lack of Michigan break. knowledge. Okay, know. <laughs> let's not turn this into a gay straight thing. <laughs> I, I, I only mean that to say a lot of times, like, depending on the sport, like, there, I know the no, details on it. things yeah, that, yeah. you know, so, so, but, but I want to be clear, and I'm giving us the benefit of the doubt. What was the grunt? What do you think the grunt was? I think the grunt was in response to the fact that the, for the first time in college football history, they left out an undefeated team, which was Florida State. Oh, because I, the whole, because the whole. I, I strong mean, listen, disagree. <laughs> listen, I think there's a bit of both. <laughs> But the whole thing was we would have played Florida State, and they are yeah. undefeated. They, mm-hmm. in my opinion, an undefeated team at that level probably deserves to be in the top four. But also, I was really happy because they're on their like third string quarterback, and we would have murdered them, which is yeah. why they didn't get picked. This is why yeah. they didn't get picked. They're currently not the fourth best team in the country. It is what it is. Yeah, it's hard. It's a hard pill to swallow for Florida State fans. We would have massacred them. I think. Anyway, um, I hate Alabama. I've hated yeah. Alabama since the moment I started following college football. Yeah. They are, I think the stat is like they're eight and two against top 10 opponents in the playoff, no matter where they're ranked. Nick Saban is a legendary coach. The, the recruits that go to Alabama are always the biggest, strongest, most athletic f- football players in the country. <laughs> yeah. And it's really unfortunate that we've had to come up against them in years that we had a chance to go further. Now, the one thing I will say, even though I think Alabama is playing extremely well right now and it's going to be a fight, I don't think there's ever been a year in which Michigan deserved to beat Alabama anyway, whether we were ranked sure. anywhere. I don't think there was ever a year in which Bama was, was, was even close to losing to Michigan. Mm-hmm. This is hands down the most talented, most well-coached, most experienced Michigan football team I've seen in the, in the 13 – years I've been a uh, 15 years I've been a fan of Michigan football so if there's ever a team to do it I think it's this team and truthfully I'm not scared I think it's going to be a really tough game I I would put money on Michigan to to beat it but it does really annoy me that the one team or somebody else's money I would put someone else's money on it okay fair enough sorry I interrupted you it does annoy you that the one team it just annoys me that the one team that seems to continuously be the thorn in our side has to be another hurdle in a year that I think, other than them, we're, we're there. It's us. Yeah. So we had the last three years, the last two years, this is the third year in a row that we've been in the, the playoff, right? And yes. Did we lose to Alabama one year and Georgia the next year? Or no, we lost to Georgia. Georgia. And then we lost to Texas. TCU. Yeah. Last year. TCU, right. Which was a whole, yeah, that was a whole yeah. thing. Well, I, um, I do believe... Yeah. I do believe in Michigan's defense. I do believe that Michigan's defense is good enough to keep this game close and possibly even score some points. I actually do believe now that Blake Corum, who did you ever watch that um, last chance you? Yeah, there was a, did you ever see, there was a football one. He was in the high school. He was of one of the football ones. And I just, I love that for him. Yeah. Um, so we've got we've got Blake Corm, who I, I actually believe can score a touchdown. In the past, I think he can score a touchdown against any any team. And in the past, I haven't always felt like Michigan's offense could actually hold up against these big SEC teams. I really think that he can. That play that he scored that touchdown, that longer run against Ohio State, I think to me was like, yeah, this is this guy is that thing. And I do believe that like McCarthy can get some effective passing to was Lovejoy. Is that one of the Tight ends, Colson, or did I make that yeah, up? Loveland. There's Loveland. Loveland. Like, yeah. Lovejoy. Um, but I, Robin, I don't. And Wilson and, I don't yeah. have 
confidence in our deep threat. And I also think that like what happened at Ohio State, that our secondary is vulnerable and that it's it's possible that yeah. that they could they could run away with it. I, I hate to be this guy because I'm usually not, but I'm I'm more confident than that. Good. I love that. I love yeah, that I because am. that gives I, me more confidence. Yeah, I'm more confident than that. This is the first year, well, notwithstanding parts of the Iowa game. I also just want to give out give a shout out to Zach Zinter, who was our center who got hurt. And I think yeah. if anything, that's gonna be the biggest issue is because yeah. he was the anchor of that line. And we yeah. saw in the Iowa game the penetration the defensive line got into mm-hmm. the backfield, I think was a major, major um uh result of Zach Zinter being out. So if anything, yeah. I think that's what I'm most upset about now they're going to have a couple more weeks of of i was almost said rehearsal of practice <laughs> we're fine with um, that more rehearsals we're going into tech a few, more, a few more rehearsals and i and you know um when the bright lights come on uh you gotta you gotta play to your to the level but i do think um that's to me the biggest issue i the thing that i am not stressed about with this game is that alabama has given up huge run games to teams that are far less yeah. superior than we are as, as runners and more than Blake's actual ability, which I think is very high. The, what Michigan does so well, it's the threat of the run that opens mm-hmm. up everything else. That's so just point. having Blake and Donovan back there being able to do that at any moment, we're going to pound them and we're going to pound them and we're going to pound them. And <laughs> I'm sorry. Can you say that again? I, t- I think the gonna, audio didn't, didn't we're going to pound it right. Pound. You're going to pound. Uh huh. You're going to pound, pound them. them up you're gonna pound them i'm gonna pound them over and over again over and oh okay now we have stick vi- it, there's we're gonna video stick it in them uh-huh. over and over we're gonna and over ground again. and pound we're, we're just gonna, gonna wear them pound. down we're gonna go yes. right up it we're gonna come right in their face as hard as we can <laughs> and and we're just gonna wear them down we're just gonna just yeah no we we're going to we're going to run and run and run and run, and all it takes. You don't is have a to be afraid. You big... can say it. You don't have to be afraid of it. I don't I'm not let afraid. me. I'm not okay. afraid. I didn't think you were afraid. I'm not but... afraid. Yeah. Um, we are going to put their focus so heavily on the run that I think yeah. that the big play is going to be there, and okay. that's what Michigan does well. And I think that in the big games that we've succeeded, if you just stick to the run game and have that open up. We didn't in the Iowa game because of the D-line getting penetration. So I'm a little I'm a little nervous about what that. What did they get? The D-line? Penetration. They got deep deep penetration. <laughs> Sorry. No, I uh I I am a little nervous about that too, but I think it, nothing would be more satisfying than like a traditional hard-fought Michigan win. My big yeah. hope, you know, on the ground because that's that's the way that we win. We win with defense yeah. and we win with running. My yeah. hope is that before this whole shenanigans was exposed that that guy had tickets to every Alabama game. I just hope that he did. <laughs> I hope that he was at all of them or one of his people was at them. Let's just oh, hope man. for that. The most right. Michigan, the most Michigan fan thing to say, listen, if we did cheat, did he, did he give us the info? On did we Alabama? cheat? Well, did, did we, we do did well? We do- <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, it's, it's exciting. It's a big game. I can't I wait the best to, for us. to talk to you about it. Yeah. I, I appreciate your optimism and I will, I'm going to ride your optimism and Michigan's run game. Good. All the way to the promised land. Good. <laughs> we'll be back. And now it's time for my favorite part of the podcast. Game time. Are you ready to step into the zone? Game time, baby. Let's do it. Oh, wow. You just totally changed the vibe with oh, that. Yeah. I was like, hey, wacky zany. <laughs> you were like, 
meet me in the bathroom on I'm the locked, third floor. I'm locked and loaded for this game. Locked and loaded. Well, it was your exclamations about pounding <laughs> Alabama are sort of what led to this game. So I just sort of thought it would be fun for us to just throw out what do we think like the gayest sounding terms are in sports. See, um, the best part about this is every term can be every term it's so gay it's so good yeah have you gotten to listen every episode at the beginning of the episode i take there's a little like a sports call oh yeah that's built in to the music Uh and it's a real sports call that i've re-recorded myself what is it so oh it's just different ones every week it's a different one got it i and now of course i can't remember any of them but you know like Crabtree's giant hands. Yes. He's really thick from the waist down. Yes. You know, like Chris Collinsworth is really the number one offender. It's great. And I love yeah. it so much. Um, so for me, always the my my favorite, my favorite gay sports term is the tight end. Tight end's great. Also, watching Michigan football games with the theater department uh-huh. was so f- funny because that's I would I would I would hear them be like, What did he call him? And I'd be like, Oh yeah. I guess I didn't even realize. Like it took it yeah. took me like Hearing it from their perspective, yeah, to be like, oh, you're gonna shove it up the middle. Yeah, they're gonna shove it up the middle. That's yeah. right. The tight um, end. I love. I love. I love when they talk about the size of men. They're like, he's a big boy. A big boy. Yeah. Uh huh. He's a yeah, big boy. Yeah, that was boy. the one of the things that I often use is Crabtree's hands. <laughs> Crabtree's and hands. And this the one the one thing was about that this guy who's so big from the waist down. Big from the waist down. Yeah, big um, from the waist down is really good. Wide receiver, come on! Wide receiver yes. is really a wide receiver day. is great. Yeah, um, totally is. A slot receiver is also great. Slot receiver. I don't even know what that means, but it does sound. Super put it in gay. the slot. Um, yeah, and uh, just put to it make, right in the hole. Sure he every, put that right in the hole. Yeah, right in the hole. That you call know, is really he got to hit the hole. He got hit the hole. Yeah, he just hit that hole. He's he been coming all day. Right up. He's been hitting that hole all day long. All day long. I like when um, what's his face for basketball says bang. Who says bang? What's his face? He's like the most famous basketball announcer, but he says he doesn't. Marv with, Albert. No. Um, Mark Jackson is out there a no, lot. It's the white guy. Um, it's I don't know why I'm free, but he says it a lot with Steph Curry. But it's like bang, and it's like I don't know. Bang to me is I use bang as a funny term, but bang is funny. Um, <laughs> pitchers and catchers. Pitchers Come and on, catchers. Pitchers and catchers. Pitchers and catchers. Also, dugout. Dugout is definitely giving me gay vibes. Dugout is giving um, secret gay vibes yeah. like you don't want anyone to because you can't see i was with somebody who was telling me that they had to meet up with their their boyfriend in secret and that that they live in the south and it's not a very accepting community and their family isn't accepting and and so the, it is a little sad but they do meet up with their partner and they go hang out in the dugout wow and they watch games like late at night in the dugout of like the local uh, they watch videos, sorry, movies, and they hang out oh, wow. and like, hook up and have snacks together, and like that's their like fort. Oh wow! That's yeah. I know that's I also sad, think there are, but that's a little sweet. It is sad, but it's also sweet and it's also gay. There is a I think there are gay bars that are called like the dugout. There are absolutely you know? there are gay bars called the dugout. There's this account that I Split. that I count that I follow. It's called Sensual Basketball, and it, uh-huh. and a lot of it is like using terms like that. But football football is pretty hard to beat with. In in my googling. The NFL is like the only only professional sports league that I follow that doesn't like scrub the internet for all of those. Like the NFL is out and proud with their dirty, 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 dirty commentating. <laughs> like the NBA, it's really hard to find them. Really? Yeah. yeah maybe there's just uh, not as just, much because it's just not as physical. Yeah. I do. I do uh, love the idea that 
um, the straightest of men are shoving their hands in the center's gooch. Uh, but, yeah, but the tank tap, the tank tap is great. Is, He's like, you really got because because I've heard you really got to get in there. Like you really got yeah. it's oh, it's it's got to be right there. up in there. Dribbling in soccer and dribbling, basketball. Yeah, dribbling, dribbling. I feel like there's a little bit of a there's a little bit of a reference there. I feel like slap shot, me a slap see, shot. See, this is what I'm saying. You can use it any way. Get you in the want. penalty box. The, yeah, all right. <laughs> no, well, that's, so that's just the way you say it. <laughs> you squinted your eyes. You're like, get in my penalty box. Five minutes in the box. Give me five minutes in the penalty box. Um, wait, yeah, he's got, that's a he's he's carrying an extra long stick. That's the oh, longest stick you oh, can use. My favorite is he's carrying yeah. the load. He is carrying the load. He's carrying he's the been load. carrying the load for this team all day, all year. Yeah, all um, year. Even. They are really riding him tonight. They are really riding. They are him really tonight. in. Really they are really one. in his face, and they are riding him. <laughs> um, he's just getting beaten up. Have been getting beaten up in there all night. They just well, they were back up. to pounding. Yeah, he's just they've been just pounding that hole. Pounding all is night good. Long. Pounding is really a, yeah. a solid one. I, yeah. I wish pounding that, was that hole, shooting it, shooting it through the hole. Yeah, yeah, was deep. He took deep. that shot from deep. And penetration is just the best. <laughs> yeah, penetration. Just getting deep win. penetration. <laughs> deep, deep, thick <laughs> penetration. This is truly unhinged. I don't actually think that this qualifies as any version of game time. It was just so. an opportunity for us to be naughty together. <laughs> but I really, really appreciate it. I love you so much. I'm so happy that you came on the podcast. I love you. We're really happy me. to have you. This is Reed Campbell at I am Reed Campbell, a superstar performer, a gem of a human being, and an ally. Do you have a drag name? Ooh, no. Okay, I've got two for you. I want you to be Kirsty Ally. I love that. Or Ally McBeal. <laughs> I love that. That was the best those. I could come up with. Thank you. That's all the time we have this week on Out of the Closet Sports. This is our final episode of the season. We are sending you off to the holidays with all of our best wishes. Thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back with all new guests, all new content in the new year. And we look forward to being gay and sporty with you then. Bye. Bye.